You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from the place where America won its freedom in the heart of Hampton Roads, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 on a Thursday. I'm always nervous when I do that. I don't know why I say the name of uh, the day coming straight out of the top of the show. Because half the time, I don't know what day it is. But I got it right today. It is a Thursday, and this is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Robbie here uh, producing the show as well. And and that's probably the best way I know it's it's not football season. Because there was not a Thursday I, I was unsure of during football season because I meant Thursday night football. I knew what a Monday was. I darn sure knew what Sundays were. So, well, I'm going to have to get a calendar or something in here to make it work. Uh, but we can still have a football conversation. Um, and, and the conversation is turned to this, right? Chiefs had their, their, their Super Bowl parade yesterday. Are the Chiefs a dynasty? The current Chiefs, like the ones that are going on right now, are they a dynasty? There are a few words I don't throw around lightly. Dynasty is one of them. Right, must win is one of them. There are f- certain things that I think are, are they're becoming watered down. So I'm trying to be a gatekeeper here. Are the Chiefs a dynasty? Make your pitch in either direction. Make your argument in either direction on our call and our text line, 757-687-9494 to call in with an answer. You can also text in with an answer to the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. Uh, for a expletive defense of the chiefs as a dynasty that might have less uh, nuance here's their tight end travis kelsey the haters were saying that the chiefs would never make the playoffs everybody's asking this is a dynasty it's been a dynasty y'all just ain't noticed till now believe that feel that and it's chiefs kingdom forever baby we love y'all and then there was no argument there there was no reasons given just Loudest man in the argument wins. Travis knows that. Now, here's the funny part. I'm actually going to go against what I normally do. Normally, I'm all for context, right? And I, and I get worked up about it. I'm like, well, that's you have to look at the big picture. I'm a big forest, not the trees guy. It, I'm all for context, and I'm all for, well, let's dive into the details and everything that is surrounding the discussion and see what matters and what doesn't. But I'm going to get away from it on this one. On are the Chiefs a dynasty, I'm not going to get into the nuance. There's plenty of people getting into the nuance. I'm going to draw a hard and fast line. For me, when I talk dynasties, and this goes for any of the professional sports, and I don't really like a dynasty in an individual sport, that's just a great career. So I'm, I'm not, that's a whole other deal. But a dynasty in the, the big team sports, right? NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. I don't completely understand all the different trophies you can win in European soccer, so we'll just keep it to the big four. I think a dynasty is three championships by the same main characters. Because I started thinking, right? Uh, now we get into my explanation with, with, with the nuance. Uh, I started thinking, which teams throughout history do I consider dynasties? Which teams throughout history do I not consider dynasties? And I got to thinking, and I went, well, the, the big three Miami Heat are not a dynasty. 
two championships. The Kobe Shaq Lakers, they're a dynasty. Three championships. The John Elway Terrell Davis Broncos, not a dynasty. Great team. One of my favorites growing up, one of the teams that made me fall in love with the NFL, not a dynasty. The Aikman Emmett Smith Cowboys, now that's a dynasty. Two to three. Like three is when you become a dynasty to me. So we can talk about all the other things going on. Here's Jay Williams on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. I think they're a dynasty. I mean, you get to five AFC championship games. That's the elite of the elite. Other than getting to a Super Bowl, you get to three Super Bowl appearance, appearances. You win two of them. Your quarterback is a two-time MVP. He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. You have a Hall of Fame coach, maybe one of the top five greatest coaches of all time. You're drafting at a very high clip. And for me, like when I look at dynasty, like that, that to me is the it's the start of a dynasty. Right? It's the beginning of a dynasty. It doesn't mean that the dynasty's over, but it's starting. Now, if you tell me they're starting and you project they're going to be a dynasty, we can have, like, ah, that's that's a pr- prediction. Go, go right ahead. I believe they will be when it's said and done. But right now, who cares who their quarterback is? You can have a dynasty with a scrub at quarterback if you're winning championships all the time. Who cares if you have a a coach that you think might be one of the greatest of all times? That's not what makes up a dynasty. A dynasty is one of the few things that's just about winning. It's a team recognition. Mahomes isn't a dynasty. Brady isn't a dynasty. They can be a part of a dynasty. They can be the quarterback of a dynasty. So I look at it like this. The Chiefs are on their way. The Chiefs are on their way to becoming a dynasty, right? The same way we've, you know, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. You can't win three Super Bowls until you win two. You can't win five until you win two. So they're they're on the way. But they aren't there yet. They aren't there yet. I believe they're likely to get there, but they're not there yet. You could say, ready for this, you want to throw the word dynasty around? You want, you, want to, you, you want to look at the Chiefs and shoehorn them into a dynasty? You say it like this, they are an AFC dynasty. Because they've won three AFC championships in the last four years. They're an AFC dynasty, but they are not an NFL dynasty as of yet. You need three of them. You need three. And it, I actually think it, it, it plays pretty like... Plays pretty well throughout history. You go back, Houston Rockets, not a dynasty. Detroit Pistons, bad boys, not a dynasty. Bulls, dynasty. Lakers, a couple different times throughout history, dynasty. Celtics with Bird, dynasty. Celtics with Russell, dynasty. Steelers, dynasty. With with Bradshaw, Montana, yup, dynasty. But like the late 2000s Giants, not a dynasty. They got two. Three Super Bowls equals a dynasty, and it would take a lot to convince me otherwise. Ooh, from the 757. Only true dynasty then is the Packers with three in a row. Well, that's not three Super Bowls in a row. Huh? Huh? Timelines. One was an NFL championship. And by the way, no, it's three with the same main characters. I don't need them to be consecutive. It doesn't have to be a three-peat. It just has to be three with, with a generic same core. Okay, maybe coach, quarterback, a couple other players, maybe. And and, and basketball would be you know, two or three best players. 
there's an argument that the the Brady Patriots were actually two separate dynasties, right? The first three where the main characters would have been you know, Seymour, Ty Law, uh, Ty Law um, like Matt Light. They they had you know that that core, and then years later they had another one with Gronk, Edelman, Brady as that core because there was you know a decade in between. But but if you want to combine them, I'm fine with that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quibble. I just look at the Chiefs and I think there's a rush. There's a, there's a reluctance to name any of them individually anything great. Right? You try to put Mahomes in an all time conversation, everyone gets mad at you. You try to say Travis Kelsey's maybe the best great the, the the best greatest, maybe the best tight end of all time, everybody gets mad at you. Say Andy Reid deserves to be one of the the best uh, coaches mentioned. Everybody's like whoa whoa whoa. Then you say the team is a dynasty and everyone goes, yeah, absolutely. They're a dynasty. It's like, wait a second. You're, you're so reluctant to name the players, anything. And then you go ahead and, and, and you're so antsy. You're, you're almost jumping the gun to name the team a dynasty. And I just, I just don't understand. Maybe you don't like the individuals. Maybe that's it. Are they unlikable? You want to acknowledge them somehow, but not acknowledge them individually. So you try to just say it's the logo on the side of their helmet. From the 757, the Broncos back-to-back Super Bowl wins dynasty? I don't think so. I think it was a very good team that had two very good years. I don't think that's a dynasty. Just like I don't think the Rockets or the Pistons or the I don't think the Giants with Eli, like two is not enough. Two two separates you from the flukes, don't get me wrong. Like you're 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 a, a step above the generic run of the mill Super Bowl champions. I'm not putting the the what was it, 97, 98 Broncos on on par with like the the O three Buccaneers, but they're they're definitely not the nineties Cowboys. They're definitely not the Brady Patriots. There has to be there has to be levels to this. The Chiefs are not a dynasty yet. If they win next year, they become a dynasty. If they win the year after that, they become a dynasty. If they win the year after that with many of the same players or or coach and quarterback or whatever it is, they become a dynasty. But for me, it's hard and fast. I'm not looking at nuance. You need three. And if if so, who else? If the the Rams want to become a dynasty, they can win like two of the next three or four. Uh, and McVay would have to stick around, right? It, like it's all options. You know how to get there. If the Bills want to be a dynasty, they have to win a Super Bowl first, and then we'll go from there. They were a dynasty of conference champions back with Jim Kelly. Won every year for four years. Didn't win any of them but they were a conference dynasty. Tim Donnelly show. If you have an argument against or for the chiefs as a dynastic team of a dynasty, feel free to let us know. 757-687-9494. That's the call and text line. 757-687-9494. We're going to take a break. When we come back, are the bears actually going to trade Justin Fields? Felt like we just settled on them keeping Justin Fields, but now the rumblings, the winds are shifting. Is Justin Fields going to be wearing a different jersey next year? Stick around. Like a double bogey on a par four. The action starts at three and goes until six. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Question of the moment, are the Chiefs a dynasty? They've won two of the last four Super Bowls. They've been to three of the last four Super Bowls. Is that enough? I almost, 
just now I almost went full uh not I wouldn't say troll, but almost. I almost said, Oh, if they're if they're gonna be a dynasty, why don't we just call everyone a dynasty, give everyone a trophy? Why well, why do we even play? Why not just say everybody's a dynasty, give them a ribbon and send them home? Good effort. You gotta earn your dynasty. Three Super Bowls. And the NBA, three NBA championships, three World Series, three Stanley Cups. Two. Two, you get a pat on the back, and I hope you can get one more. Let's go to the text line, 757-687-9494. Tim from Ryan in the 757. Can we add some parameters, like three championships in six years or less? Seven, what if Mahomes wins another one without Reed or Kelsey, but it takes him three more years? I think it has to be the same core. That's that's what I'm getting at. Um, I would say... A, like a couple main characters is really what you're looking at. Coaching quarterback, probably plus someone else. Uh, that's, I think it's kind of a feel. If it feels like the same team, like the the Eagles didn't feel like the same team from when they won their their last Super Bowl to this one. I don't know if I would count those two. Now putting a like a like an actual time frame on it gets a little dicey because. You know what? What if Kelsey and Reed and Mahomes stick around for another five years, and that's when they win their next one? You're gonna you're gonna bar them from the dynasty club, even though they those guys all were the main characters on three Super Bowls. I think it's I think it's just you have to have the same core and win three Super Bowls, right? If you just like, how would you describe them? That's a good way to like. You know how people describe the Lakers as the Kobe and Shaq Lakers or the Showtime Lakers, uh, or or the the Brady and Belichick Patriots. The you know, Jordan and Pippen Bulls, like as long as you have a title that that can last the entire time, like right now, it, to me, it's the Mahomes and Kelsey Chiefs. The Mahomes and Kelsey Chiefs. The the like the the Cowboys. It was the triplets, right? It was Aikman, it was Smith, it was Irvin, and if all those guys are still there, I don't care if it's ten years later, it still counts for me. So six years seems kind of quick. Seven. Probably, you know, it's unlikely that someone's going to win three Super Bowls with the same core 10 years apart. But, uh, you know, I don't want to put that perimeter on it. From from Scott and Chesapeake, the Chiefs are a dynasty. They've had a minimum five conference championships over the last five years. When everyone believes you're the team to beat, designing defenses to combat you, that says something. That's what I'm talking about. We don't celebrate finishing in second. No dynasties like, and we finished in second a bunch of times too. Like they made it to five straight AFC championship games. That's great. That's almost to the Super Bowl, which is almost winning the Super Bowl. When it comes to dynasties, you really just count rings. That's why I think I can be so like, like black or white inbounds, out of bounds about it, right? It's, it's, it's go, no go. Dynasties are about Super Bowls. They're not about AFC chain. They're not about MVPs. They're not about winning seasons. Dynasties are about winning Super Bowls. Give us one more. From the 804, 100% agree with you on your argument about dynasties and also how it should be the same core. For instance, the Raiders from 76 to 83 and Washington from 82 to 91. I don't consider those dynasties because the main characters changed uh, throughout those years. Which... Doesn't I, I want to make this clear as well because I know all the Washington fans right now. You're saying we're not great. That's not what I, that's not what we're saying. It's it might actually be more impressive for Joe Gibbs that he was able to win three Super Bowls without having a dynasty, 
right? Because he went with a different quarterback every time, and the main characters did change. It might be more impressive for Gibbs, but it's just not a dynasty. Eh. Eh. Three separate Super Bowl champions, not a dynasty. Because, again, the main characters change. I think that the core has to be the same. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio 94.1. Some rumbling started coming out yesterday. Uh, Jason LaCamfora was first. That the vibe at the Senior Bowl left multiple GMs of teams not on the Bears. So these are opposing GMs, opposing general managers, convinced that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields. Now this goes against the common belief that Fields is their guy, they're happy with the development, and the Bears are going to shop the number one overall pick. This goes against that. Jeff Darlington on this just in, explaining the logic behind it. I think the Bears are going to have to step back and evaluate what kind of compensation that they would get for that first overall pick. And maybe it is a haul. Maybe the Colts are willing to give that up. But if they're not, and they can also get compensation in a trade for Justin Fields, and then they can look at it and say, man, we're actually getting Bryce Young restarting the clock on a rookie. Justin Fields is entering the third year of a four-year deal. Uh, Look, I just think that there's a lot of hard questions here that the Bears have to answer. And that's why they have these months leading up to the draft to do exactly that. Uh, Again, they could fall to exactly where you guys are saying. I just think that this is a complicated question and does, by the way, deserve uh, the Bears to take it very seriously. I think it deserves the Bears to appear to take it very seriously. Right, drive up the price. Maybe we won't. Maybe we don't have to trade the number one overall pick. You're going to have to make us an offer we can't refuse. If you want the number one overall pick. Because we might just turn around and trade Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a wildly athletic quarterback. I've said this before, and I'll continue saying it. In that draft class, that 2021 draft class, Justin Fields was my second highest rated quarterback. I am the, the the nerd that ranks the quarterbacks on my own for my own posterity. And and I had tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence first, Justin Fields second. With that being said, uh, Justin Fields will not be as good as your imagination can make whoever you will pick with the number one overall pick. The ceiling is unlimited for the number one overall pick. Yesterday, we played a clip of, of Dan or... or I believe it was Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky called him Steph Curry, which, again, is a wild cross-sport comparison. Uh, and then Todd McShay, called, and by the way, we're talking about Bryce Young, called him, called him uh, Steph Curry, and then Todd McShay called him a smaller Patrick Mahomes. Nobody is describing Justin Fields as those things because we know too many things about him. If there is a possibility to see Justin Fields be traded, and as soon as I saw these rumblings going out over Twitter last night, I had friends that are big Saints fans putting eyeball emojis. I had friends that were big Washington fans putting eyeball emojis, thinking maybe they can sneak their way into getting Justin Fields on the trade market for a penny, right? For a fraction of what it would cost to get the the top overall pick. If I'm looking at those fans out there if you are somebody you think your team would be better off with Justin Fields but you don't think your team would be willing to part with what it would take to get the number one overall pick to upgrade your quarterback that way with Chicago you can't overvalue the meaning of of he's not our guy 
when Justin Fields was traded up for and drafted in Chicago, they had a different coach. They had a different GM, which means Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, that core right now is not Matt Nagy, is not Ryan Pace, the guys that drafted him. So if they just want to restart the clock on their rookie, they want to get their own guy in there on a rookie contract and wait the four years until they they dedicate you know, $30 million, $40 million to their quarterback, that's fine. And that would be the motivation for trading Justin Fields. It would not be what's best for the franchise. It would be what's best for the, the, the GM and, and coach. Make no mistake about anything. In the NFL, being somebody's guy, being someone they're invested in, they've tied their their reputation to, is very, very valuable. And the guys that are calling the shots in Chicago right now are not tied to Justin Fields. Those guys have been been fired. One of them is actually a Super Bowl champ. He was the quarterback's coach for the Chiefs. Matt Nagy, former Delaware Blue Hen. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. I also, yesterday we were talking about inside jokes on the show that if you just tune in, you won't get. Uh, I Like... Obviously, I played at Delaware. If you listen to the show, you know that. But I like to think occasionally somebody tunes in and they don't know that. And, and they're just like, why does this guy keep pointing out who goes to Delaware? Matt Nagy did. Joe Flacco did. Rich Gannon did. We've got a whole quarterback dynasty. Either way, Paulie in Norfolk is on a call in line, 757-687-9494. He wants to talk about the conversation we started the show with, which is very simple. Are the Chiefs a dynasty? I say no. My criteria, you need three Super Bowls with the same core of players. Paulie and Norfolk, thank you for calling in. Are the Chiefs a dynasty? Tim, how you doing, man? Hail to the W, man. Hail to the W. Okay. I I, I hear you. What do you got? The Chiefs are a dynasty, man. I look, I look at it like this. Look at the stats. You know, I, I just heard one of your uh, – you read a text. Like five conference championships, three Super Bowl appearances, two wins. But the eye test tell you that they dominate teams. Since Patrick Mahomes, and you want to say Andy Reid, but since that, that, that group has been together, they have dominated teams. They beat the teams that's supposed to be good in, in the league. So to me, with them two things matching each other, I would say they're a dynasty, and they're a young team. They, they got a lot ahead of them. They lost to Tyreek Hill and didn't miss a beat. So, to me, I think they are a dynasty. Just the eye test tells me that this team is a dominant team. They're not just locking up, you know. They're Mm -hmm. not kicking field goals to win a Super Bowl. (laughs) Well, that's quite literally (laughs) what they did on Sunday. But but, but are you saying they are currently like like if if the wheels fell off and this year they go full Rams and they stink following a Super Bowl, are you saying they are a dynasty or because they're good and they're young and they're dominant, they will be? But what I'm saying is, I don't see them the wheels falling completely off, and and they're not they're, they're always going to be in the mix. Okay, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much for the call. Call back in any time. It was a good one. Seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. I agree that I think they will become a dynasty, but you can't count your chickens before they hatch, right? You you can't count your Super Bowls before they are one. They they've made it to five. They've won two. They could make it to two more and not win any more, and then you're looking at it, you know, Kelsey 35, Ray Reed 67, 68. Maybe they like there's a world where they this core doesn't win another Super Bowl. That's not insulting anyone. 
I believe they will. I think they will. But believing and thinking isn't actually happening. You know what I mean? Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. You can continue to voice your opinion on are the Chiefs a dynasty or not. Call in, like you just heard that caller, 757-687-9494. If you're a little bit bashful, you can text in Dream Lawn's text line, 757-687-9494. We'll be back with more, including Top Dog or Total Dud, coming up next. It's Top Dog or Total Dud. Man, Top Dog, big cheese, a head on show. That's not good enough. On the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Top Dog or Total Dud here on the Tim Donnelly Show. It's our favorite game. You'll catch on. Robbie, take it away. All right, Tim. The new look Lakers can make a playoff run. Top Dog. Um, they're saved by a few things. Playing games help. Uh, you have LeBron James on on the roster. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's fairly fairly talented. Has uh, he broken any records recently? At least one big one. But it, it, you know, he really is to the point where he breaks records like every night. It's just once you break the all time scoring record, no one cares that like, you know, you're the oldest person to score 37 with nine rebounds. Like. He's he's got a lot of records to 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 handle. Uh, they all, I mean, obviously the trades recently that Anthony Davis at some point hopefully might be one day possibly eighty percent of health. Um, I, I think they they could easily make the playoffs, go on some type of run. I I mean I'm not betting on them to win the championship, but you know, a lot of people have lost a lot of money betting against LeBron. Tim, last night, Alabama lost to Tennessee as the number one in the country. It's the eighth time the number one team in the country has lost. Just like this football. season. This year has been the craziest college basketball season ever. Ooh, you're going to make me go go way back. First of all, the reason I said just like football is because Tennessee upset Alabama, not because football had 900 losses of number one teams. Um, I did see something that said, like, in the last 12 years, we haven't had more than four teams go to number one in a, in a college football season. And this basketball season alone, it's like every month we have four, and there's only a couple of weeks, obviously. That exact amount of weeks. Um, is it the craziest ever? I'm going to go total dud. I, like, I think the craziest ever would have to be one of the years where there's like 10 teams that are all worthy of being number one. This year, it feels like there's none that are worthy there's a billion third best teams in the country, but no first best team in the country. So they're playing hot potato with it. Uh, meanwhile, there are some years where it's like, gosh, that team has NBA players. That team has NBA players. That team has NBA players. And it's just, it's really, really tough. Or um, the one year Durant was in the, was in, was at Texas. If I remember that correctly, they were like a third seed or something. And Durant was having maybe the best freshman basketball season of all time. And it was just because of, of how many great teams there were. So it's not the craziest ever, but it is it is crazy. Tim, he's two holes in at the Genesis Invitational. Tiger Woods will make the cut this week. Uh, okay, I need I need to update myself. So he's through two at one under? Correct. Top dog. <laughs> I, I, I get more and more confident the shorter and shorter. Like if you would have said something that's going to take all four days, I'd be less confident. If you would have said something over like the next three tournaments he plays, I'd be even less confident. Something for a season, I'd be super unconfident. But two days, the first two days of the year, 
I'm going to talk myself into that one every time. I'm probably going to talk myself into everything when it comes to Tiger, but this one feels like there's actually a little bit of logic behind it. It's a course he knows. He's Tiger Woods. Top dog. Top T- cat, actually. Haha. <laughs> I like it. Tim, Major League Baseball should have gotten rid of the extra inning ghost runner on second rule. So top dog would say they, they should have a normal, old, traditional. Correct. Top dog. Um, I Like, this is, I don't think the biggest problem with baseball is duration of game. And that seems to be what Major League Baseball has just decided. They're just like, no, guess what? The worst thing in the history of baseball is that a game sometimes goes three hours and 45 minutes. Like, if I ever watch a game that's really great and entertaining, I've never said, gosh, I hope it's going to be over. If I see a game that's boring, I say, gosh, I wish it's going to be over. But guess what? I would say a game that's two hours and 45 minutes, that's terrible. I wish it was over an hour earlier. And a game that's three hours and 45 minutes, if it's great, I'm going to say, I wish it was five hours. So, like, it's 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 the Irishman thing, right? Uh, the movie on Netflix that was Scorsese, it's like four hours long. Probably could have been two. But if it was as good as Scorsese's best for four hours, nobody's going to complain. So if I'm if I'm baseball, I'm not focused on shortening the game, which is what they're doing. Pitch clocks, put the the extra runner out there, all these sorts of things. I'm I'm not focused on that. I'm focusing on making the entertainment product that we have for however long the game is better. Tim Eric B enemy will not be in Kansas City next season. Top dog. Um the league non-verbally has said what you have done in Kansas City is not enough. You have to go somewhere else and do something to become a head coach. I think he's heard it, and he's going to listen to it. Um, right? Because because if if what he was doing in Kansas City was enough, he would have uh, already been a head coach because they won Super Bowls and made it to five straight AFC Championship games. So and and teams waited for the Eagles coordinators. Right? It's not like oh well they wanted to hire two weeks ago. They waited for Gannon. They waited for Steichen. They could have waited for him. So, yeah, I think he ends up somewhere else. By the way, he is interviewing in Washington today. Tim, Patrick Mahomes has a very good record against teams in the AFC West. I'm not sure if you knew that over his career. I think he's only lost like three total games in his career. I don't know. if That guy's pretty good. The Broncos, with all the changes they got going on, will beat the Chiefs at least once next season. Total dud. Um, I'd like to, to pat myself on the back here. Um Prior to this past year, I did pick the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I did pick Mahomes to be the MVP. That was during the preseason. Uh, to even it out, I also picked the Packers to be in the Super Bowl. So, you know, win them all. Um, but my basic my basic thought on these, these picks was you pick the best quarterback in the world, and you say it's probably dumb to bet against him. So, when it's Russell against Pat, I mean... Give me Patrick, right? So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the better quarterback in that matchup, and I'm gonna feel comfortable about it. Jalen Hurts will be paid over 45 million dollars a year this offseason. Uh, I have to think of where I saw it. I did see that the estimation is 45 plus. Uh, so I'm gonna go top dog, and you know I'll, I'll come at this a different angle. Um, I also read, and again the I'm not prepped on these these questions, so I, I don't have my sources cited quite perfectly. But I also read that Daniel Jones is going to be 35-plus per year. And if Daniel Jones is like 38, Jalen Hurts has to be 45. 
and and Patrick Mahomes probably should renegotiate for 112. Like, uh, the the market is going through the roof. That's not to say I would pay it, right? I do I do believe there's a number that's too high for a quarterback, particularly a non generational quarterback. But but man, 45. If it's 38 for Daniel Jones, 45 for for Jalen Hurts might be a little bit of a a steal. So uh, top dog. And one last one for you. Jason Kelsey will return to the Eagles next year. I have to admit, I did not I did not think that. I thought he would be done. I thought he was going to retire in the postgame, win, lose, or draw. I think he's coming back now, so top dog. Uh, you could tell he still has all of the competitive fire. They put out the NFL films. When the call was made, he was very much, you're going to call that? Which, it was a good call. But the fact that he had that, he was like, that's game. You're going to call that? That's game. Rather than like, that's game. I mean, let me do a 360 here and take it in. Right? College football players all know that feeling because senior night is senior night. Like, the, you know, you don't decide in the middle of the offseason that the last home game was the last home game. Senior, your eligibility is done. So you do take that, that 360 and look up in the stands and take it all in. I thought maybe Kelsey would be there. And because he wasn't, because he was still kind of mad that they made the call, I think he's I think he's coming back, and I think he's going to try to to get Philly back to that spot next year. I don't think he will, but I think he's going to try. There you go, top dog or total dud here on the Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. Call and text lines remain open seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. Once again, that number for both call and text seven five seven six eight seven nine four. Nine four. You know how at the trade deadline for every sport, there's always someone coming back from injury and, and one analyst has to say, well, the best acquisition at the trade deadline will likely be so-and-so getting healthy. This offseason, all the free agents, all the draft picks, the Jaguars might have one of the biggest acquisitions of the offseason, and all he has to do is get reinstated from suspension. Stick around. We're talking about the NFL right now on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler here as well. And Calvin Ridley might be in the NFL soon. We're here. He might be in the NFL. It's not the same place, but you know. Uh, He applies for reinstatement from the NFL. One of the best offseason editions of the year. Locked up, guaranteed already. As soon as Roger Goodell, I assume I assume there's some kind of signing on the dotted line that needs to happen. For the details, Adam Schefter on NFL Live. Alvin Ridley applied to the NFL for reinstatement after being suspended for one full year for being accused of betting on NFL games during 2021. I think most people believe that he'll be reinstated. He'll be back in the league and let's remember Jacksonville traded for him before the trade deadline that would be one more big time weapon for Trevor Lawrence to go along with Christian Kirk and some of the other offensive talent there in Jacksonville if he gets reinstated Jacksonville's offense gets that much better if he gets reinstated I would say this unless there is evidence of some uh, new infraction between being suspended and now I would expect it to be a pretty swift reinstatement process Now, you do have to look at certain impacts on the locker room. 
First of all, betting $1,500 on wild parlays on games that you are not playing in and have no effect on, which is what he was suspended for. I believe it was a justified suspension. I believe that would not worry any team. Right, You just tell him, don't do that again. Everyone on the team looks at him, makes a couple jokes, and you roll on. However, you do have to make sure he has the rest of his mental health in control. Right, That's, that's an important deal. Ridley has not played in an NFL game since October 24th, 2021. That's well before he was suspended. He left the Falcons seven days after that game on October 24th, Uh, And he said in a statement that he needed to step away from football at that time to focus on his mental well-being. Again, that was going on before his suspension. That's why he was away from the games when he was placing those bets. So you do have to make sure that whatever he was working on and mental health is real and all those sorts of things that he has has taken the necessary steps to to get his well-being to where it needs to be. Once you take care of that, you realize the $1,500 in bets was nothing. Realize the, but worthy of the suspension, but nothing as far as impacting him moving forward. Once you realize that he has the, the well-being taken care of, then you look at it and you say, the last time Calvin Ridley played a full season, that guy had 90 catches for 1,374 yards and nine touchdowns. And even before that, when he was catching, you know, high 700s, 800s, low 900s per season, uh, he was still always a touchdown guy, right? He wasn't, he was the opposite of Julio. Julio would have 1,800 yards receiving and four touchdowns. Uh, That was not Ridley. Ridley would have 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. And you look at the Jaguars, right? I'm talking about the Jags adding this player into their team. I'm sure, I'm almost positive the Jags acquired this player, acquired Calvin Ridley in a trade, thinking they'd still be building this year, and he'd be ready to jump in and help them ascend to playoff contender status the following year. This year was all about showing steps in the right direction. Get Trevor Lawrence feeling a little bit better after being held back by Urban Meyer for so long. right? Uh, get Christian Kirk associated with the offense. Get Travis Etienne playing in his first year after a season-long missed injury. Well, guess what? They made it to the playoffs this year. They won their division, right? They had dramatic game, a dramatic game in the playoffs, right? They they had that wild and crazy come from behind victory. They they they've they've leveled up, and now it's like, oh, and by the way, we have this other thing that we thought we were going to need. We don't need it now, but it's still going to be awesome to have. That's a pretty good place to be. Marcus Spears uh, on ESPN. This gives Jacksonville a number one wide receiver. That's where his trajectory was, and that's what what everybody was saying of of who he was going to be in Atlanta. But this gives them a one, and I think it pushes Christian Kirk back into that slot position where he can dominate Mm -hmm. games, even though he had a really good year coming off. And he's paid as the number one wide receiver on this Jacksonville team. I would feel more comfortable with Calvin Ridley being that guy. You look at Zay Jones. Not only do you add speed, but I think you add a guy, and Key can speak to this as better than, as well as anyone. You got a guy that's going to beat man coverage consistent. That's usually Absolutely. what you attach to a number one wide receiver. This is a phenomenal pickup for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It, it it's one of those deals where there is some skill set duplication with Christian Kirk, but it's at a position where oh, you can have two of those guys. 
you have two guys that like catching the ball downfield and, and, and making big plays. You have two guys that, that have speed and athleticism and body control. Two guys that like catching with their hands. Yeah, I think you'll be all right. Y'all don't hear me, though. Huh? Any, anyone can pick it? Never mind. Uh, a little reference there for, for some of you. Um, I think they're going to be all right for this reason. Trevor Lawrence is at best, right? You look at some of the teams that he's played with in, in Clemson, and, and this year he is at his best when he's just making decisions and letting it rip. When he's comfortable throwing it to Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne out of the backfield and Jamal Agnew on, on interesting plays. Like when, when he can just make decisions and he doesn't have to worry about getting it to a specific player, that's when he's at his best. So if you look at him now, and depending who they bring back, they do have some of those guys, free agents, Engram amongst them. But with Kirk and with with Ridley, uh, them both out there and Etienne out of the backfield, he's just going to be letting the defense tell him where to throw and he's going to have great players catching it. That is a very, very good place to be. Christian Kirk, yeah, I mean, you heard Marcus Spears illustrate it. I don't know if he's an awesome wide receiver one, even though he had a wide receiver one type season. He is an awesome wide receiver, too. Awesome wide receiver, too. So if Ridley plays like like he played his last time in, in, in Atlanta when he played a full season, better watch the heck out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. Rex Ryan. Yes, Rex Ryan. Uh, Sanchez, Sanchez fame in New York. Yes, Rex Ryan up there with Buffalo trying to go toe-to-toe with Belichick. Yes, Rex Ryan of ESPN the last five or six years is reportedly the front runner to be Sean Payton's defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos. I have one singular question that I would ask Rex Ryan if I were interviewing him for my defensive coordinator job. It is one question that it would be yes or no, and, and, and it'll either give him the job or eliminate him from contention. I'll tell you what that question is coming up right here, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.